Hello and welcome to the Football Collective Podcast, the football research podcast for debate, discussion, highlighting members of the collective, their research and all things football within the world of academia. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Football Collective Podcast. I have with me former Indian international Jules Alberto, who lives in the United Kingdom nowadays. Hello, Jules. How are you? Hi, Sartak. Hi. Thank, thanks for having me here. Uh, it is nice to have you, actually. This is the first time we actually have a professional Indian footballer with us on the podcast. So, oh, that's a privilege. That's for me. <laughs> yeah. So, the first question, obviously, for many Indian fans who watch football nowadays, they have heard about it, but probably they haven't been able to watch it. Your winning goal versus UAE back in 2001. So we will talk about that first. So, like, what was the feeling? I guess we ne- we never defeated UAE before that uh, for a long time, and after that we never defeated UAE again. So that was like your goal is still massive, and I remember during the Asian Cup, people were remembering your goal that Kansovich has scored like Jules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's one of those feelings, you know, when you think when you're scoring the goal, it's just another goal when you actually score it. But once the match is over and then you realize that how crucial or important that goal is, that's when the feeling starts to sink in. And you identify that you well, that seemed really important. But when you're playing football, for any footballer, I'm sure even if you ask them today, when they're playing the game, they don't actually think that this is going to be the most important goal. I don't know, maybe some, I, I can't say that. But most of the footballers, I would say, we they want to win, and they want that winning mentality on the pitch. So to score a goal, and which proved to be one of the best goals or the most important goals in history, not not, not the wonderful goals I would, everybody would want to see, but still, it's a goal. And um, yes, I was very elated and excited about it after afterwards. It probably took me a couple of days to actually realize. That, that goal was important. Um, we knew that UAE was a very strong team. They were ranked 64th in the world. And nobody gave, gave us any hope or any chance at all. But to say that, uh, Suki Sir did a wonderful job. Uh, from the first day of the camp itself, uh, he started saying into, uh, to us that if you guys play as good as you are, then there is nothing that you all can't do or can't achieve. And it, it was that confidence. And he said it to all of us that he, he think, he used to think that the Indian national team at that particular point of time was one of the best teams in terms of, you know, I wouldn't say technically fantastic, but I would say for that particular period, if you look at the physicality side of it, the technical ability of the players, um, the team bonding, the spirit and everything that just came together. And, I mean, you had two of the legends of Indian football playing alongside you, like I am Vijayan sir and Vaichung Bhutia. So, how was the experience playing alongside them? Fantastic. You Every time you used to go out on the pitch, no matter you were playing with them, you used to feel like a young kid looking up to them, thinking like, wow, I'm playing with my role models. Or, yeah, you, are, you are a fan of them. And at the same time, you're playing with them. So, you... It's, it's added pressure also. Uh, don't forget that, you know, when you're trying to play or please your uh, idol, 
you would really want to play up to a level where they expect you to play. You can't fall below that level. And, and when they come back and come around you and say, wow, you well played. Oh, and you think, wow, that's, that's, that really means a lot. You know, even if uh, anybody else, even your family says it to you, oh, you played well today. You think like, no, yeah, you're just part of a family. That's why they're saying it. But when it comes from such legends like Pai Cheng or I.M. Vijayan and, and Joe Paul, all of them were like seniors to us, uh, senior players. And we used to love anytime they used to say anything good about us. And it was that feeling of fulfillment. I would say that they are fantastic people as well, simple and humble. So another question which I want to ask is like, Baichung Bhutia played for the now non-existent Burry Football Club back in the days, in, I guess in 96, 97, if I'm not wrong. And after that, 20 years later, we are seeing you as one of the Indian football coaches who lives in the UK. And you have done a lot of coaching badges as well, if I'm not wrong. So going by the standards, what, what do you think are like the differences between the football standards in the domestic leagues, or even if you say the grassroots football of UK and back and whatever we have experienced in India? Well, you cannot compare. Um, up to an extent, you can, but you cannot compare the standard of what the UK is to the Indian grassroots because uh, it's not fair. It's not fair because there's so many differences in terms of financial availability, the structure, the facilities, the planning, the all of that is is been ingrained in the in the English FA that and all the clubs below that that they all work to work through a structure. Um, Indian football structure, I would say, hasn't even been formed right now. If you say to me, if I ask you or if you ask me the same question, you will be saying. Um, the longest preseason exactly. of the world, <laughs> and, and the shortest league, and the shortest league. So you have the pre- longest preseason, but you have the shortest league. It, it is, it is. I, I was telling you that uh, to look at the structure of the Indian football, we have got a longest preseason, shortest league currently, and a lot of, lot of. Um, I mean, everybody is saying that we should play longer which will also help uh, generate a lot of interest in the public as well as give the players more matches. And currently, the, if the players are playing less, obviously the, there's less development and, and you, the less chances for them to improve. So if you look in the UK or the F, England, England FA, the senior team or the Premier League teams, they play literally... Um, how many matches? About 50 matches a season. If you go, go down a couple of steps below to, with the pyramid and even the national conference teams, they will be playing more than 50 games a season. And uh, players get better only if they play games. Like everybody says, football is the best teacher. So if, the football, if football is the best teacher, then why don't the federation allow them to play a lot of games? I mean, earlier we used to have a lot of tournaments, uh, such as you said, the Durand Cup, which has come back now, obviously. We had the Federation Cup. And apart from that, we had the Rovers Cup, the Air India Gold Cup, IFS Shield, and a lot of other tournaments going around the country, apart from the National League. And the AIFF, I guess, basically limited that the players of national team can't play more than 25 games back in the days. So yes. 
and yes. now we don't have even 25 games in the calendar year for a team yes because obviously once you start cutting down the number of tournaments to be played by the national team players then you're limiting them exposure to play you know for for us i remember myself and robert we were play salgungas were playing in the duran cup against monbagan in the semi finals and uh, no east bengal against in in the semi finals and we were we had gone to uae to play um, asia cup qualifiers and we were, we reached delhi in the morning early morning and same afternoon we played the game in, in the duran cup semi finals against east bengal and we won the game and i scored the goal also because we won 3-1 but that is what i'm saying if would would, they, would it would be very very crucial for us to play games and even though you know it's it's tiring and and um, but if you take care of yourself you take uh, take care of the players and it's 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 very very fortunate for them to allow and play more games uh so another question which i would ask you is like obviously you have you are coaching in the uk i guess you have coached kent united and another i guess you have coached the uh, women's team of kent united if yes, i'm not yes i was wrong. with the kent united women's team yeah, and, and uh, i was previously i was with the dartford football academy yeah so dartford club uh, uh, coming from uh, an indian stand of view uh, mm-hmm. what are the struggles you think an indian coach faces in the uk Oh lords look um to be honest it it depends on or your, your confidence that's that's very very important and also with the people you're working with if they give you the opportunity if you have the opportunity um you are always doubting yourself thinking what sort of level you're going to coach them whether it's too low for their standard or way that you're coaching because don't forget in india when we were we were playing our our style of coaching from the coaches that we had was always us one command and direct so the coaches would tell you you have to do this you have to do that you have to do that that and that that that's it but coming to the uk and doing these coaching courses i have begun to realize that there's so many other different ways that you can actually do a coaching it's it's coaching is simple to be honest it's only that we make it look difficult because we put restrictions to so many different things and in in india and we struggle to understand how a player can actually be developed it's good that there are a lot of uh, foreign coaches or the english coaches or a lot of spanish coaches are in india now and uh, obviously they are doing a lot of different types of trainings which are based in like the european style of play and and you never know you know it's it's all getting it all together you need to get get a shell uh, so that they're all working inside that shell and allowing players to explore the opportunities everywhere around in different types of or different styles of play because now the command style of play is relevant only to maybe senior teams you can't go junior teams and start a command type of sell because then you're stopping the creativity of the player and you're stopping the opportunity for the players to express themselves because football is about expressing it's not about holding back anything and obviously like speaking about 
that speaking about like the evolution of coaching uh, i guess although we have discussed about how the league is short but in terms of professionalization i guess that indian football has come a long way from 1990s and the early 2000s and at least people, players who are at least playing in the isl uh, are getting paid and can have a good life uh, and uh, train football without thinking where they are going to get the money from so so as a young kid coming from a young kid uh, you can say who didn't have the opportunity to watch indian football back in the before 2000s because I was less than 5 years old and i used to live in a state where internet connection connectivity is still non existent in andaman and nicobar islands so how do you think that the professionalization of indian football has developed in the last 20 or so years um okay if you look at the professionalism side of it we there there's a two way system you either develop the structure from downwards to upwards or you go up on top and then you look down how you can improve it so you take a fo- uh, top level view of looking at the senior team and then you model your whole grass structure of of the pyramid of developing the structure from top to bottom um i don't i don't seem to understand which way we are looking at at the moment it I, i can't can't actually identify either we're looking from the if you look from the outside view it looks like you'll be looking from top to bottom but if you're trying to understand or engage a scenario of how it works it's from bottom to upwards so it's good in a way it works both ways um but the professionalism of football do you think it's there i uh, i mean if you if you take some of the top teams i mean like bangalore fc obviously one of the best professional sides in the country these days because they take good care of their players whoever are playing uh-huh. for them but i guess if you still look at mohan bagan have mohan bagan and east bengal are still like trying to behave professionally but having worked with some of the sides from you can say northeastern india of which is one of the major belts of indian football talent don't say to don't seem to find any professionalism because i know some of the teams which played i league this year from the northeast and the players just paid for played for free absolutely so so this is what i'm saying asking you you know the, the professionalism comes from two ways the player himself is a professional to be uh, approaching all different sec- sectors of or uh, section of the clubs and the club as well as reacts in a similar way to the player so giving the best opportunities best facilities um showing finances and medical system psychological all of them included to get around molded players i i'm i'm very impressed with bengaluru to be fair but having just one club which is run as a professional club yeah and in terms of grassroots if you look minerva punjab is doing quite well i was speaking to ranjit a couple of days ago and he says like my focus is entirely on the grassroots side of things and i want to make sure that this guys study well and he is basically like trying to build a batch for the 2034 world cup and okay. he, and he is basically like taking care of all the expenses of the kids who are in the academy giving them good schooling and even if they don't make it professionally he is still trying to get them to colleges or universities so that they can succeed in life and he was speaking about 
when I said that I will charge for my academy players, like the transfer fees, somebody came and said, eh, who will pay for a 16-year-old? And I'm like, okay, don't pay. I'm not selling him to you. I will, <laughs> I will give him to someone who pays me because I have developed eight years of him and I want some of the compensation back. And he's basically like trying to implement the, the solidarity fees which is existent in UK football back in India, in the academies. So, and back in the days, if you say back in 1990s when you played and the early 2000s and even in the 2010s most of the players i guess signed as free agents to other clubs or zero zero transfer fees but which is i guess one of the main reasons i still attribute to as the lack of professionalism in indian football absolutely so you said it there uh, that's what that's what i was asking you is there really a professionalism in india it's coming in at the moment i mean don't get me wrong there's uh, another the left back was signed from Kerala Blasters. Um, I think he charged, he, the club charged for his transfer fee and then Bengaluru charged to sign somebody or paid some, uh, the, um, another left back. I think so, last few days. Yeah, yeah Bang- and also Bengaluru, I remember, sold one of the strikers about two seasons back to a Chinese Super League club for like four crore Indian rupees, which is big standard, big yeah, money is. by Indian standards. That, that, that is the thing that it should be in place. I mean, you've got to understand from a club's perspective also that they do invest quite a lot of money. They, you, they can't be expecting just to do charity work all the time, you know, get, develop a player and sell yeah. him off. Um, but that, that also comes into place is whether you need to sign a player for a length of period. You can't sign him just for six months and then charge for a transfer fee after the six months is over because that's what your contract will say. So it's, it's a no-win for the club as well. So if the club thinks in, this is where the scouting process comes into place and the team development process comes to place is because the scouting process will say, yeah, we, if you buy this player, his potential growth in sell, resale value would be coming up to much more higher than what we actually pay for his buying price. So that is how the scouting thing works. And I'm sure you're familiar with the UK system. Is like, for example, I'll just give you an example of Man United. They, they send their scouts so many places. They sign so many places, players. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it's a business. It's either they make a profit of reselling them or they have to release them to a, a different club for no money or loans or stuff like that. Because... That's the way football professionalism works. And uh, if the club wants to make money, yes, there should be transfer fee, obviously, because uh, they, 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 they are investing, investing their finances onto that for the development of the player. And if any, any academies do it, uh, there's so many academies that are currently running in, in, in India. I know for a fact that uh, Cesar Academy is there in Goa itself, if I was, um, which I'm more familiar about, the, about Goa. The Cesar Academy, there's uh, then Salgonka's Academy, then there's Dempo's Academy. And they're all putting their efforts into developing these young kids. And good thing, I would, um, but uh, speaking to a lot of other players also, senior players who have been part of the teams, um, once they're after the six, age of 16, 17, you know, and some of the kids who are not good at studies, it's not that everybody's good at studies. Some of the kids are not. What are they going to do if they don't have clubs? 17, 18. You need clubs at a local structure, you know, local associations. Like, for example, West Bengal. 
or Bengal, I'll give you an example. Bengal used to have at least six or seven national team players. And, and the reality, I'll tell you the reason why, is not because they were playing just in the national league. There was a very strong local league. The Calcutta Football League was one of the strongest. Same like the Goa Football League. It was one of the strongest. We, Maharashtra, they had three teams. Um, Air India, then uh, Mahindra's, and there was another team. There Mumbai was West, FC. Western, Western Railway and Mumbai FC. Western Railway also was there. They, they had really good, good teams at the local, local and local leagues, for local leagues. And players used to, their first priority was 17, 18, and once they 17, 18. The first priority was to get into that league so that, you know, a top club would sign them eventually. The, 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 the principle is the same at the moment. Even in Goa, it's the same. The local league is there. But is there any enough impetus given, importance given, or facilities, or finances, or funding? I doubt it. In Calcutta, other than the first four, three or four clubs, is there any more clubs which are actually can hold that league? You can say that. In, when we were playing in Goa, we had four clubs in the National League. And plus, we had about six or seven clubs in our, in our Goa League, which was the strongest, which were nearly equal as, as the same. Like, for example, you got Salonkas, Dempos, Churchill, then Sporting, then, then you got Vasco. Ranta, you got Vasco, you had Salsa Football Club, and you had all the, there were eight teams which were. I mean, I, I remember back in the days uh, in the National League, there was East Bengal, Mohan Bagan, Mohammedan Sporting. Then you had Taliganj Football Club and United mm-hmm. Sporting from Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had a f- couple of clubs from Kerala, Viva Kerala and State Bank. Uh, then you had four or five clubs from Goa. Yep. Dempo, Sargaukar, Vasco, uh, Churchill Brothers uh, and uh, three or four clubs from Mumbai. And football used, although football used to be, you can say, based in those belts, but we had more teams participating in the National League and uh, now coming to the point of AIFF's one state, one state, one team policy, which I guess is like a huge detriment to the development of national team players and also to the number of games in the country. So how many teams do you think should be in the top division league of the country? And should India have like a football pyramid, which is evident in the Western football industry? Absolutely, you you need you need a, you need a pyramid. You know, it's it's a quite India to be honest to, to develop one team per state it's it's a hypothetical i would say it's it's quite quite challenging because the amount of fan base which you have then it's quite a lot say for example if you have one team from calcutta just one team where are the rest of the players going to come from or which which uh, say goa has got one team it's like having santosh trophy playing the santosh trophy isn't it so instead of my 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 only suggestion would have been, and I know I, I, it wouldn't even be taken into consideration. Uh, so the suggestion would be: you have a top league of maybe a minimum of fourteen teams. Fourteen teams. You have all this ISL or whatever I league you want to merge them together and get the all the fourteen teams to play one league. And then you have a second league, second division league. It doesn't matter from which state the the clubs are. Because, for example, I'll give you is uh, say for uh, UP or 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 Andhra or some some of the 
places. Although there are there will be people who want to invest the money in that, but once they start identifying, uh, knowing that you know that realizing that there's no returns or that many much returns out of the team, how long are they going to hold that investment for? Because even you, though I'm not saying that no businessmen or in those states, there might be much more high financially secure people in those states, but to have a good league in the, in the country and to develop players, they need to have a proper league, uh, at least for 14 teams, I would say the top league should have, because it will just broaden, uh, broadenize the base of Indian players playing at a higher level. But also saying that all these academies which are graduating out kids or, or players, uh, giving them the false hope saying that, you know, you're going to play in the ISL. That is also wrong. And they should give them a reality check saying that, you know, out of your 18 players who are you are there, maybe about seven or eight of them might make it to the ISL. The rest of them, you have to understand that they will play at a level, which is one level below the ISL, or they could play at a team, which is just about hovering between level one and level two. So that sort of reality, you know, it's, it's good also. It's good to give the, uh, a person a reality check just to make them aware that they could do something else. Say so, um, for football, it, some, peop, some players, they're not only becoming players, they also do other studies to become data scientists in football analysis. They get strength and conditioning coaches. They, get, they become all different aspects where, you know, um, the, which, which they can develop as rather than just thinking that oh, I can be only as a football player and at a high level and playing in the ISL. But coming lower that, if there is a stepping stone for these academy players to play at local states, local association leagues, and if the local association league gets stronger, they will be acting as a feeding belt for the national ISL teams. And at the local state, local league levels, I don't think we are playing a lot of foreigners. So there will be more players who are playing at, from uh, local areas. Uh, I was speaking to Novi sir about this as well, and he said that we should have like 14 teams and should like have the old Santosh Trophy system back as well, so that all the local associations become stronger as the time goes on, so that more players can come to the national team. Because if you look at the national team now. After Sunil Chetri, I don't see a striker coming in and taking up his place because most of those players who played as strikers in the academy level, uh, they are now either playing, as you can say, central midfielder or full-backs. One of the prime examples is Shubham Sarangi, who is playing for Orissa FC. And, uh, I, he came from Minerva Academy and Ranjit Bajaj was saying that he was like the top goal scorer in under-18 and under-15 I-League playing as a striker and he goes to an ISL team and they turn him into a fullback because the ISL side wants a foreign striker to play for them. For them. Yeah, it is. It will happen. But for, for that note, when you said Sunil, there's not going to be any Sunil Chetri. There's not going to be any Sunil Chetri. He is, he is unique. He's been there for 15 years and I, and I doubt going forward there will be any players who will be playing at that level, that kind of football and with that dedication and humility, I would say. He's still humble. He's still working hard to be the best. That, that, that is mind-blowing and that is inspirational for anybody 
who's watching or listening to play football. Uh, it's it's inspirational from Sunil Chetri, what he's working hard as. I saw some of his videos. Uh, well. I mean, it is basically like and can say a proud moment to be uh, for an Indian that he has scored more goals than Lionel Messi at international level. Doesn't matter how many uh, games he has played, he has still scored more goals. Exactly, and it's 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 the standard of football that he is compared to, which is the same. Messi is playing at a high level with the, with the highest standard football, but at the same time, the standard which Sunil Chetri is playing at the same thing or, or the same standard of play in in the local area which he is in, uh, Asian zone. But also saying that there won't be any other striker uh, similar to Sunil Chetri. It will never happen. There's going to be just one. There's going to be just one Ronaldo. There's just going to be one Messi. You know, you can't compare. Yes, there will be strikers in the way that a different type of structure, striker. Um, you never know. We might there might be somebody who's already there, and we're just not focusing on him because Sunil is still performing the best. So you know, it might be just clicking into like that that that, that player will start playing and start scoring goals, and all the focus will shift. Saying that, yeah, he's he's another player who is fantastic now, and 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 I I hope to I hope to see somebody definitely to step into not his shoes because his shoes will be a different size just for just for him, um, but somebody else leads that role much better than what Sunil has done and emulate him as a as a role model. I would I would love to see somebody doing that. Uh, now coming to uh, your role. Uh, with the Association of Indian Football Coaches, which is a body of which registers Indian football coaches, and I guess you look after the uh, Indian coaches who are based outside India. Well, I have I haven't been able to register because they said that you need at least FA Level Two, and I have an FA Level One, and don't plan on going to do FA Level Two anytime soon because out of football coaching for a long time now, and don't really have the time. So. What exactly is your like role with AIFC? Um, it's a it's similar of uh, I would say as a consultant, but it's not as a consultant. It's 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 it's, it's a voluntary role. It's purely that uh, I need to suggest or give them ideas and, or direct them or point them to in the right direction to people who can deliver courses and do stuff for the Indian coaches. It's purely just to help Indian coaches. Whoever, say for example, if any of the Indian coaches are coming to the UK for some courses and they need to speak to somebody and or know somebody, then I, I can point that person directly in in that dire- direction. And of the Indian coaches who are here, uh, I haven't managed to set up set, set up any structure or anything for them because. Uh, the AIFC is also in its infancy. We're just trying to pick up things. We're just trying to formulate a structure so that we also know what we're doing. We don't want to just have it there because people assume that once it is there, oh yeah, all the responsibility is going to be taken by AIFC. It's not like that. It's just an arm of the coaching education in India. It's not, it's, it's a completely separate entity, but uh, registered and, and work, working along with the AIFF or the coach education in India. Uh, another thing which I want to ask is basically like, obviously we talk a lot about Indian footballers going out, should go out and play in foreign leagues. And do you think like it is important for the development of Indian coaches that uh, the coaches should probably try 
to go out of India, not necessarily in Europe, but in some of the Asian countries which are ranked higher than India and try to get into coaching roles, although not if it, even if it is not a top managerial role, but into a coaching setup uh, for foreign teams to develop more of their skills so that they can come back and help the country. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is what one of the points that I had suggested um, when we had a meeting before, um, that the local coaches, especially youngsters, you know, we got really, really young coaches like Bibiano who is with the under-16. Then there's um, a lot of um, coaches in Bengal, uh, Gautam Ghosh and uh, other ones. And then there is another one in, in, in Delhi. And then there's uh, Diksha in Delhi, the, the lady coach. And then uh, Rocky and Maymol. All of these coaches, you know, these are the coaches who are the brighter future of India. So they should be given an opportunity just to go out of the country and work as an understudy with, with some, of the co- some of the federation coaches. It doesn't have to be related just to one coach. You know, it can be into the Federation because the FA has got an MOU with the Indian Federation. The French has got it. Then uh, then Germany has. And I'm not sure if Belgium has also got. Croatia has, I'm sure, because of Iguste much. He got it recently. Cro- for the- yes. Uh, but this is what I'm saying. You know, they should send the coaches to the Federation rather than to any club. They should send them to the Federation and do an understudy with how the Federation develops the youth programs, how they plan the youth programs, how they structure the training sessions, uh, what they look into the background, the history of prior planning, the structure of the planning session, like periodization of the whole year, then the planning, the programs of the youth development for the Federation, like for under 16s. They have a huge set setup, like they have a plan for the whole year. And I remember Biano saying that he had gone to Japan because Japan was having a similar sort of structure and he wanted to understand or emulate what their structure is, which is a closer relation to the Asian country and to India. And uh, these are the things that they should be given. They, they come. They should come as default. You know, they should be sent out for a period of at least for a month, not just for one or two days, because it's pointless sending somebody for a week to understand. For, for a coach to come to a different culture and to learn anything, a minimum at least a week is there just to settle down, just to understand, you know, what the structure is, routines are, all of that. And by the one week you, you get that structure and routine in place, you're back home. <laughs> what would you learn? The, if you give them a month, at least you give them another three or four weeks to note down the sessions, write it down, plan what they want to do, what they want to look into, how they want to look into it. And if they've got any questions, yes, they ask them right away then. Yeah. Imagine doing all that in a week. It's, it's, it's not possible. It's not possible, I would say. So for your answer to your question, whether the coaches should go, yes, definitely. I would say hands down, definitely. That should come as a default, especially with the coaches who are involved with the AIFF. Definitely all these youth coaches um, for this women's team like Alex Ambrose. He's, he's a young coach. He should be sent out. 
um, then Diksha, she is also involved with the under 17. She should be also uh, sent out for training. It will give them a good, good backbone to, uh, to look something up to if they, whatever they're missing and pick it up. And it will only help India. That, that's what I can say. Okay, so the last question before we finish is uh, your experience, playing experience of playing for three National League champions. So you played for three teams that won, won the National League. And you played for two National League winning teams. One is, I guess, Salgaukar and another is Dempo Sports, if I'm not wrong. Yes, and also Mahindra's. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and obviously I believe that for the national team to succeed, more and more national team players should start playing, should play for teams where they are not playing for, you say, draws, but are playing to win the game so that the winning mentality is ingrained. And if you look at some of the national team players with whom you played back, like I'm Vijayan, sir, Bhai Jopal and Cherry, they played for like some of the top teams of India where like winning is an absolute must and the fan pressure of those clubs are also there. So I would like to ask basically like what was your experience of playing for like the national league winning teams? Like what was the sort of mentality within the camp? How would you guys approach every game and stuff? Um when you when you play for those teams, uh, you have always have the pressure. It's it's similar like any other player who has played for East Bengal and Mohan Bagan, or even for Mohammedans. The ultimate target is that you have to be champions, it, it, no matter who it is, even the Salagankas, Dempos, and and Mahindra. We 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 wanted to win. That that was it. And every player who was brought in had to. Uh, agree to the fact that you know you have to work hard to play into that team and it was a good competition um, just as a basic note you know all players want to win there I don't uh, I, I started this also in, in our conference uh, earlier we should understand and respect that every player wants to win the games a any player they don't want to go out there and play as a draw and uh, it's to develop players now because the way that initially at a younger age and player development, it should be thought about as a development. It's not about winning for right up till the age of 13 to 14. They should be thinking about the winning capacity of each player individually. So there should be more individual attention given rather than as a team winning as whole up till the age of 14. And then once you're 14 to 16, that's when you make them understand that what's the importance of winning, how, how you can win. What is the purpose of, or what's the result you can get, or what, where you can go? Because after 16, 17, 18, the player wants to play and be at the top level. End of. There's, there's no second thoughts to that. They want to be at the top. And I feel that currently, the, the, because the choice of players, local players for the national team, is very less, uh, there is less competition. So it, you know, that that opportunity for more players to compete should be given. And, 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 I, and I feel that uh, it's not, not lack of talent, not lack of um, opportunities at the moment, but it's lack of number of people competing in, in positions. That is, that is what, what is a little bit disappointing for me. I, I, I would love to see more local players competing at a higher level. Definitely. 
Okay, thank you for your time, Jules. It was nice speaking to you, and I hope you are keeping safe in the lockdown. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Home. I mean, that's the most important thing at the moment. She is staying safe. Yeah. Thank you.